Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Trey the Film Noob, and I'm joined today by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Jagger Movie Reviews. How are you doing today, Jagger? I am good. I am good. How are you? Good. I'm I'm doing... I'm, I'm kind of tired, but I'm good. I'm good. So today, we are continuing our series with number 146. Or 246, I believe, on the IMDb Top 250. Um, uh, Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. This film was directed by Brad Bird, who uh, also directed Ratatouille, Incredibles, and Incredibles 2. Uh, Came out in 1999. uh, Starring... Give me one sec. My computer is being very slow today. Oh boy, you computer. Um, this movie is an animated film, one of my personal favorites. It it, it stars Vin Diesel, uh, Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr., uh, Christopher McDonald, who is also known as Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, and among others. Um, so that is what we're going to be reviewing Today, Jagger, I'm interested to hear what are your opening thoughts. Um, I would like to quickly start throwing in um like a runtime of the movie and like the ratings on the movie from critics just out of Yeah, um, go right ahead. Um so this movie runs in at 86 minutes, it's from 1999, and it is a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4.2 on Letterboxd, which are both very, very good ratings. And from myself, a five-star rating being, I, I believe right now, my favorite animated movie. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Uh, this movie means a lot to me, personally, um, because when I was growing up, my mom uh, worked as a nurse on the night shift. And so a lot of nights, my dad would make breakfast for dinner, and me, him, and my little sister would watch this movie. It was, like, our favorite. Uh, and it's not only, like, nostalgia plays a factor into how much I love it, but it's really just a really solid, fun, animated movie that tackles some heavy theme- themes, and I think it does a good job at that. I gave it five stars for 99 out of 100. Um, this is my all-time favorite animated film. Um, I'm interested, I took a note here, so, if we look at the film, um, and the animation style, this came out in 1999, and we think about other movies that came out around this time, this, this, the animation style of this film looks a lot different than other animated films that were coming out of the time. Um, I kind of thought that it kind of looked like the animation for Robin Hood in some parts, like the OG, um... And my thought was that maybe they kind of went for that older-looking animation since it was set in the 50s. Um, but I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about the animation or how it looked, what you enjoyed, what you didn't enjoy. I actually wrote down in my notes as well stunning visual style because it is amazing. And it has a animation style different from a lot of what was coming out at the time. Because if you look at other movies coming out at that time, you have things like Toy Story and Toy Story 2, which... Mm-hmm. Almost almost look like those bowling animations that are trying to pick up this new 3D animation, 
but are kind of failing at it, and they stuck with the 2D animation, which, I, in my opinion, they did perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, like, it has an older feel to it, but it's, like, it's very crisp, and it's very clean, and everything looks really, really pretty and really good, and it's just, it's a great-looking movie. Um, it's a really fun one uh, to look at. Um, and not only is it, like, great to look at and handle handle some heavy themes, but uh, this movie is so funny. It is so funny. Yes. And I wanted to specifically touch on uh, when spoilers coming ahead for 24-year-old movie, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, uh, when Hogarth uh, is eating dinner with his mom and um, the hand is walking through the kitchen and while he's praying, that scene has me in tears every time I'm watching. I think that is so funny. And there's just so many I can point to that I think are freaking hilarious. Like when he's screaming, like, get out, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that. And the bonsai scene as well, when Hogarth runs and jumps in the water, and then he's like, you got to jump in the water now, and the giant walks away. And the, he's like, you wimp! But then you hear him running back, and he jumps in the water and, like, causes a massive tsunami. God, that was so funny. Yeah, and I am not going to be the first one to mention this. It's very funny. Um, it also had me in shambles crying. Um, 100%. I cry every time. Yeah, I was emotionally dehydrated after this movie because I had let out all of the fluids in my body crying. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's so well-paced. Um this movie does not feel it's an hour and 26 minutes. It doesn't feel an hour and 26 minutes. It feels like a half hour. Let's be honest. This movie is so incredibly paced. You're engaged the entire time. It's the the and it's such a fun time the entire time you're just like flying by the time just flies by um and the way they're able to uh get you to connect with these characters the way brad bird is able to get you to connect with these characters in such a short amount of time is so extremely impressive yeah um like by the end of the movie, with how much you feel like you've connected with these characters, you feel like like that much character development should have been the, like that's like a two two and a half hour movie, but he does it in like forty minutes, and it's so extremely impressive. Uh, and I think you can look to the rest of his filmography as far as animated films go, and he's just really good at that about making you care about the characters that are on the screen, um, and. Yeah, that that is something that I found very impressive, um, especially when at the end when he's flying up to stop the nuclear bomb and he gets exploded and he's like, uh, "Superman!" I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, you know, it, was, it was that line in particular was what really started me like 
really getting hit in the feels by this movie. Um, there's also something I'd like to add that there's a yeah. lot of great details in this movie, like very, very small things. Um, yeah. Like the inclusion of Mad Magazine in that bedtime story scene kind of made me chuckle because that's a small detail that you wouldn't have thought they would add because it wasn't a necessary yeah. thing to add. But the fact that they did was cool. Um, yeah. A lot of small things in this movie. A lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the line that, coming back to you talking about the Superman line, the line that I kept coming back to, uh, preface this by saying, this movie is so wholesome. Yeah, It's just like, it makes you feel so good and... It feels like you finally fill up that hole in your heart and you're just like, ah, this is what I needed. Um, But the line I keep coming back to is he's going to bed in the junkyard and they're talking about the deer because they had come across the deer that had died. And uh, Garth tells him, well, my mom, my mom says souls are um, in all good things and souls don't die. And when Garth leaves and he lays up staring at the sky and goes, souls don't die. That is my favorite moment in the movie, I think. it's It just makes your heart, like, so warm and you feel so good. And it's just, just like, a feel, it's like a perfect feel-good scene. Yeah, but again, also you just saying that is making me, like, tear up. Because it's, it's very feel-good, but it's also kind of like, man, that's still kind of sad. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's actually something I really wanted to have a conversation about, is Brad Bird totally sets it up for a sequel here. Yeah. He, this, this movie feels like, I mean, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I'd want a sequel or not, that's a separate conversation, but the way the movie ends feels like there's gonna be a sequel, and I'm, I don't know. No, I don't know. Well, how would you feel about a sequel to this movie? Um, I think that the ending did totally set it up. However, I feel like a sequel would not do this movie any justice. See, I agree. I mean, breaking it, I think if Brad Bird directed it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, as we've seen, he, he does pretty solid sequels. Like we had Incredibles, which is amazing. That's another five star for me. Um, and then he came out with Incredibles two a few years ago. And that's, I gave that four, four and a half. I think it's still super solid. It's obviously not going to, not as good as the first, but like if he can, if he decides to come out with a sequel and I watch it and it's like a four, four and a half, I'm like, cool. Yeah. More iron giant content. Um, yeah, but there's also a part of it that thinks, like, this movie is so perfect on its own that we should kind of just leave alone this IP and just let it be its own thing, you know? Yeah. And it's that same thing with another Brad Bird movie. If you take Ratatouille, you can't give that a sequel, you know? Because you would never do Ratatouille justice. So that's why I think that leave it well enough alone, you know? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. And one thing I wanted to talk about uh, is Brad Bird 
the best animated director working today. See, you can't just say that because now I have to think. Um, the best animated director working today, I don't know. I mean, he very well could be. But I'm trying to think of other animated movies I love, and then I'm going to try and look at that director. Um, okay. So the question is, what is your favorite Disney movie? It's, that's that's a really hard question for me. Because you got, like, Pixar movies, but you also got, like, your Disney animated films. Um... Honestly, like, my usual, like, pretty consistent answer is uh, The Incredibles. I think Incredibles is a top five superhero film for me. Um, it's absolutely incredible, uh, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's films like, are we talking like Disney animation? Uh, Disney animation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's stuff like Wally. I love Wally or Lilo and Stitch. I think it's super underrated. Uh, like, like Chris Sanders. He is the director of How to Train Your Dragon, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, and The Croods. Three pretty solid animated movies. Um, and oh, Big Hero Six. I really, really love as well. Big Hero Six is really fun. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't think Brad Bird, I don't think anybody is as consistent as Brad Bird, uh, because everybody has like one or two good ones. Um, and then they, they, they have like a few bad ones, but Brad Bird, like all four of his animated films are really good. Uh, you also have someone I want to bring up, Gary Truesdale. Are you familiar uh, I am not. What has he directed? He directed Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Um, and like you said, sometimes they have a few good ones, and he has three good ones. And then he also did yeah. Sh Shrek the Halls and Scared Shrekless. Um, and that's so, where... That's where you kind of get dragged it... down. And that's where Brad Bird succeeds. Because, he doesn't have a bad animated movie. Yeah. So I think I think Brad Bird might be the best animated director. I think he might just be. I, I think so, dude. I think so, too. He did an absolutely phenomenal job with The Iron Giant, a phenomenal job with both The Incredibles movies, and a phenomenal job with Ratatouille. Um, and if I would like to keep this debate alive, I would also like to say... Where does Wes Anderson stand with his um, animation stuff, his stop motion movies? Because Fantastic Mister Fox, Isle of Dogs. Where does that that's, stand? That's really hard for me because I think Wes Anderson would have to go under Brad Bird for me, at least as far as an animation director. Well, it's not even... It, it, Wes Anderson does, like, stop motion and claymation and stuff. Brad Bird is, like, pure animation. But, like, fan, for the sake of the argument, Fantastic Mr. Fox, that's an easy five-star for me. 
I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I don't have it rated. I think I have it at a 95 out of 100. I don't have it rated as high as Iron Giant, but it's a fantastic film. And Isle of Dogs, I haven't gotten around to logging yet. I saw it when it came out in the theater, but I just haven't gotten around to rewatching it to log it. Um, so I can't really say too much about that one. Um, but I think Brad, I think Brad Bird, he takes the cake for me. Um, he's just, he's so talented. He's so talented. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, um, I would like to ask you a question though, unrelated to, um, or actually we can get around to the other questions in a second. I would like to quickly hit our highest lowest, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, we can do that right now, and then we'll come back to our usual questions for the film. Yeah. Um, in this high, or highest lowest, you watched Funny Games. <laughs> um, yeah, so since the help... Okay, yeah, I've watched some solid... So yeah, I watched... I did a double feature with my friend Ben last night, um, and we did Funny Games first, which was insane the use of breaking the fourth wall in that film is unbelievable it, there were so many parts that I, I i thoroughly enjoyed and it was unsettling the cinematography was great it was well acted it was it, it, i was expecting I, I had very high expectations but it kind of blew past him it was very good funny games is absolutely phenomenal um funny games is a movie that i I'm hesitant to, but will recommend to people if I know they can handle it. Um, it's a movie that I have seen twice, which is shocking to myself, because it's a movie that you wouldn't exactly think about going back to. However, it is truly a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Yeah, I totally agree. Um... But I don't think that's my high. I mean, I have a, I've I've had a pretty solid week for films um, since the help. I watched Hot Fuzz for the first time. Uh, that was my first kind of toe dip into the Cornetto trilogy. Um, I really enjoyed that. That was hilarious. Um, oh, I would also like I to. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep going. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I would also like to ask you what inclined you to give the Babadook four stars. Um, cause I'm sort of a Babadook hater. I don't like that movie at all. I found it to be like really not scary and kind of lackluster. Um, so I'd like to ask you like what gave that review? Um, I, so here's the thing. I like it when horror films, they're not, like, going to show you this scary monster or, like, do a super gory death or something like that and be like, ha, ah, this is scary. Be scared. You know? I like it more, and I find it scarier when they're able to build a highly stressful and highly tense situation. And I feel like the Babadook did that really, really well. Like, just the way it was shot, um, the editing, like, scenes were just, like, cut off at random times. Everything was super intentional and made to make you stressed. And it was just, I, it did have a bigger effect on me because I watched it uh, at night in my room alone in the dark. So that was creepy. But 
I I was very creeped out. I thought I thought both acting performances were really solid. I wish we could have seen more of that kid, but that's all he's been in. Um, I just I enjoyed it quite a bit. I can see why people wouldn't, but I I did. I like the more like the stressful and like when they try to focus more on the environment and the feel of the movie than just trying to straight up scare you. Um, and that's why I gave it a four. Yeah. 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 Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Um, but your highest, uh, your highest, I think it's La La Land. Is it not? Yeah. Well, I reached rewatched La La Land for the second time this month. As many people know, that's my all time favorite movie. But me and Ben felt like it was time for our monthly rewatch. Um, I watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 for the first time in a long time. Um, that's one of my hotter takes. I gave that a four and a half. I think that movie's amazing. Um, I watched Fresh for the first time, which I don't know if you've seen Sebastian Stan, Daisy Edgar Jones uh, from last year. Um, yeah, it looks like you have it on your watch list. I quite enjoyed this one. This is a really good uh, horror film, uh, super original, um, really, really refreshing. Um, quite, I quite enjoyed it. You should go check it out. Um, um, and then my lowest, I didn't get any too low, but my lowest is uh, Halloween Kills, the second in the legacy sequel Halloween trilogy. Yeah, that's a... Uh... <laughs> It's not I'm, horrible, but it, it's... <laughs> it's... I mean, let's be honest. Halloween ends, the next one is terrible. Oh, it's, it's so bad. Awful. And Halloween, the first one, the first Legacy sequel, that one was pretty solid. I quite enjoyed that. Now, this second one is just pretty mid. Yeah. Yeah. Um... um so my highest, I'm gonna try not to count rewatches really, because um, the Warriors obviously. Uh, I started Interstellar. I'm like about a little, like two quarters of the, two thirds of the way through, because it's hard to just sit down and watch a three hour movie. So I made it two thirds of the way through, and I'm gonna just restart and make it all the way through when I decide to pick it back up. You gotta do it in one sitting, dude. You just yeah. gotta get some popcorn, get a couple bevies. And just just do it in like one sitting. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I feel like I need to do because it is so great from what I've seen of it. But I feel like it's one of those movies that if you watch it all the way through could be totally like a peak movie. Um, I rewatched Donnie Darko Mm -hmm. because I've been thinking about that movie a lot. And as someone who gave it four stars originally, I booted it up to five stars and now have it in my like top 15 because... I was thinking about it a lot, and I was like, man, I feel like I rated that movie too low. And I just sat down and watched it in sort of like a midnight movie fashion, like put it on in the middle of the night and just watch. And man, yeah. I was so glad I did, because it's eerie, but it also tells a great narrative. Um, great movie. Um, yeah. I rewatched Talk to Me and rewatched 40-Year-Old Virgin. Both of those I have at four and a half. Uh my lowest, though, is Retribution, which I went to see for National Cinema Day. I went down to the theater and watched it. And, oh my god, I have it at half a star. Um, it's the worst script I've ever seen. Uh, 
and that is someone who's seen the room. It's even worse. Um, so horrific acting. And I never expected great acting out of this movie. Um, but Liam Neeson went from Schindler's List to this, man. You can't, you can't go down like that. So my worst is Retribution. Um, and since I didn't really see any new movies since The Help, I'll jump back one movie that I watched before The Help and just say Terrifier 1, which I have at four stars, I guess. Or, you know what, I, can I count Donnie Darko since I booted it up? A rating? Yeah. Since I yeah, changed that's fine. rating. Yeah, that's my highest. All right. Yeah. So, um, getting back to The Iron Giant, there is one thing I wanted to touch on is this film uh, covers a lot of, like, heavy adult themes in a very good way, um, I think. And, and I think it covers some things about, like, uh, our government and and gun violence and the most important one for me um, is uh, like choosing who you want to be and making your own destiny um, because we're not all like there there's gonna be there's always gonna be a people people who tell us like who we are and what we are but it's that's it's up to us to decide who we are and what we want to be you know. And I feel like this movie tackles that theme very well. Um, and I'm just wondering uh, to hear your thoughts about any of these themes I just mentioned or any that popped up for you personally. Um, I, and I, I just want to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, I agree with all the things you said. I think that those are heavy themes that are tackled in this movie. Um, but there's also, and even though it's not for the longest amount of time in the movie, uh, it's that concept of loss being a very heavy thing on a kid, you know? Um, yeah. Because he says things like, soul never dies, and things like that. But off of that topic... He says all these things to kind of make it feel like he understands the concept of loss. But still, when the giant inevitably ends up going up and flying to the bomb coming down, he's still really hurt by it, because it's a heavy concept, you know? So, it's that that little... Man, I can't even think of the word, but you get where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting because no matter how much, like, we're okay, like, yes, we all do die someday. That's just a fact of life. And that's okay. That's just how life goes, you know? And I think no matter how much we come to terms with that, whenever we lose someone that close to us, it's going to hurt. No matter how much, like, we're like, yep, that's just part of life. It's going to suck, you know? Yeah. And I think they tackled that really well. Um, God, I'm just choking up thinking about the ending of that movie. It's, oh, it's so good. It's um, so good. And um, I, think, I think they just handle that very well. And this is to add to another long list of, uh, like, kids' films that tackle heavy themes very well. Yeah. Um, 
And I think this is a great film for kids because it, 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 it breaks down these big themes of like death and loss and, and, and violence and all this stuff and, and it makes it easier for kids to understand, you know? And that's what I think is really, really cool about movies like this is like, we can, we can talk about these themes all day long and talk about the intricacies of the movie. But when it comes down to it, this movie's made for like ten to thirteen year olds. It's and like young kids, you know. Yeah. And these themes, this movie does a really good job at making it more, more. Uh, uh, oh, what's the word? More digestible for young kids, and I think that's a really, really cool thing that we don't see in a lot of kids' movies anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I just realized? I feel like Brad Bird, another reason he's so great, he does that in all of his movies. Both of the Incredibles movies are like being true to yourself. And Ratatouille is being true to yourself. That's just like Brad Bird's thing. God, Brad Bird's the best. We love Brad Bird on this podcast. He does a great job. We want more Brad Bird movies. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. All right, most rewatchable scene. Most, re- most rewatchable. Most rewatchable scene, and I wrote this down. That opening scene with the squirrel. Uh, <laughs> man. Yeah, that was the way that was animated was really cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I I don't know. Maybe it's just being an immature teenager. But when he said, "I apologize for what I'm about to do in advance," and just like unzips it and the squirrel flies out, that made me chuckle. Um. Yeah, it was funny. Um, for me, most rewatchable is, uh, probably, um, the, him reading the comics to the Iron Giant, because literally just the way the Iron Giant is sitting, I think is absolutely hilarious in that scene. And it's, it's just really, really wholesome and stuff like that. Or, uh, when he picks up Dean and and Hogarth is like, no, this is Dean. We like Dean. And he goes, Dean. I was laughing so hard. That was and he like smiles. It's so funny. I would also like to give a few honorable mentions. Um, yeah, that scene when Hogarth is trying to convince Dean to let the Iron Giant stay. Um, that was a cute scene. Uh. Man, and I wrote a couple down. I'm just not able to think right now. Uh, the origin, the first part in the scrapyard, uh, where he's just like sitting there eating the stuff. Um, I feel like a lot of the mo- moments at the scrapyard, the thing where he jumps into the water, obviously. Uh, yeah. The other thing. Um, yeah, when the government storms the scrapyard and he's sitting there like a statue. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, those are just a couple of the other ones, but a lot of the scenes in this movie could be easily considered the most rewatchable. The whole movie. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. Let's the just most- count that. The whole movie. That's oh. the most rewatchable scene for me. Yeah. I could watch that movie again um, over and over now. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, I might go watch it after we are done recording. Um, so, next question. Who won this film? 
For me, it's Brad Bird. I think Brad Bird easily wins this film. But what about you? For me, I'd say the animator. I think the style of this movie was incredible. Um, who is the animator? There's a couple of them, probably. Uh, uh, let me look on that. Art direction, Alan Bodner. Alan Bodner, you win this movie. <laughs> Good job, Alan. Man, Al- um, Alan Bodner only did one other thing. It was a 2017 special called Tangled Before Ever After. Man, Alan, you really pulled it off with Iron Giant, and then he stopped. He really did. Well, he's like, hey, this is my masterpiece. I need uh say no more. I'm done. Yeah. I respect that. Art director. Uh, all right. Does this film belong on the IMDb Top 250? I think it belongs higher. I think it should be higher than 246. I agree. I think this movie should be so much higher. I think this movie should be in the top 50, in my opinion. Actually, no, that's uh, maybe not the top. The top 100. Yeah, top 100, for sure. That's Yeah, top 50, I'm like, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Top 100. Top 100, yeah. Uh, All right, next question, and this is one I have a strong opinion about. Yes. Who would win between the Iron Giant and Jack Torrance? Is this even a question? I think it we've is. Seen, we've seen what the Iron Giant can do. We've seen what he can do. We've seen what the he Iron is. Giant can do. He can sh- literally shoot a nuclear bomb out of his arm. It's crazy. However, I think, I think, we have made it abundantly clear that we are not using weaponry in our challenges, in this challenge. This is correct? Okay. He's a 100-foot metal robot. How is Jack Torrance beating him? I think, since we're not using weapons, Jack wouldn't have a gun. There would be nothing triggering the Iron Giant to fight him. I would say Iron Giant could destroy Jack Torrance, but wouldn't. Ah, the moral dilemma. See, that that's where... Probably not. Probably not. He would try to be friends with him, and then Jack would, like, dismantle it. So does Jack really win here? Jack can't win here. He's won in, like, every single one. Jack can't win here. Um, I think it's a draw, because I don't think the Iron Giant fights him. Um, I think Jack Torrance is insane, but Jack Torrance is still a man. He'd be intimidated by the Iron Giant, and there would be no contest. There would be no fight. Yeah, it's a draw. It's a draw. Good. Jack, you don't get to win all of them. Um, yeah. God, I was like, dude, the Iron Giant would, like, totally kill him. But he wouldn't. Uh, no, and I know you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. He's just right. a misunderstood happy little guy. Not little. Eh. Yeah. I mean, that... He's like a dog, dude. He's like a dog. Yeah. He's um, just out here to have a good time. Yeah, so... Our question for today was... What? It was, um... The lovable robots, right? That we would want yes. to be friends with. Instead of doing a draft today, we are going to go through each of our 
top five robots from fictional robots we'd want to be friends with because I think we'd both want to be friends with the Iron Giant. So, Jagger, why don't you start us off with your number five and tell us a little bit about your robot. Um, Are we able to use Iron Giant? Are we able to say that? I definitely did. Oh, well, then, yeah. <laughs> the Iron Giant, for sure, is my number one because we saw how... No, wait, had... wait, wait. Oh. Wait, start with your number five. Oh, Nobody sorry. heard that. Oh. Nobody heard any. Oh, Iron Giant's my number five. Iron Giant's my number five. Iron Giant's my number five, then. Cool. I'll just switch it around so that I didn't spoil anything, yeah. Um, Iron Giant is yeah. my number five, because Iron Giant... We saw how he acted with Hogarth, and I would love to have that relationship with the guy. He's so nice. Yeah. Um, Peak. You're number five, I think. Are we alternate? My number five. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went with Wally. I love Wally. He's just out here collecting trash. Uh, he watches cinema. Yes, um, he does. His little trailer. Uh, so we could do that together. Um, he's just out here to have a good time, uh, to be curious and explore. And um, yeah, I think I think we'd get along pretty well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now we're saying be friends with. So this person can't kill me, right? No. What's your number four? Well, if they can't kill me, my number four is RoboCop. Because being friends with him would be awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I didn't even think about that. I should have been like Terminator or something. Oh, that, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Because being, um, being friends with RoboCop would just be awesome. I mean, yeah. It would be. It would be. Um, my number four is Bumblebee. Because not only does he communicate with music... Except that's what I've heard. I've never actually seen a Transformers movie. Um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to subject myself to that. Um, but he can turn into a dope ass car. So, Bumblebee. That is why you're my number four pick. Um, he just seems like chill guy. I can probably get a bunch of cute chicks in my cool car. So. <laughs> That's why I'm choosing Bumblebee. Man, I'm having trouble thinking of them. Um, but I'm going to take uh, Ron from Ron's Gone Wrong, if you know what that is. That movie, I do, but I haven't seen it. That movie flopped. But it's just kind of like Iron Giant, just a cute robot. That would be cool to be friends with. Nice. Ron is your number three. For my number three, I took... Adam from Real Steel because first of all we love Real Steel underrated movie that movie's awesome I mean robots boxing how could you not be into that but Adam is a shadow boxing robot I would love one of those that would be awesome so that is my number three pick is Adam from Real Steel yeah my number two pick is Fender from Robots because Robin Williams as a robot yeah. friend would be awesome. Um, yeah, that works out perfectly for me. Because Robots is a movie that I used to love. So, uh, yeah, Fender. Heck yeah. Well, my number two is the ultimate companion. Um, he's the ultimate shotgun driver. My man, R2-D2. Um, R2-D2 is absolutely elite. He is... 
He is. He can fight. He can solve problems. He can give you sass. He can do it all. R2-D2, you are my number two pick. Now, for my number one, I had a serious mental fight with myself about it. Because... I was deciding between two. Um, so since you already took Wally, I'm gonna try and take the next best thing. Um, because I was going to take Wally as my number one. Oh, then take I... Wally. Draft. This no, isn't it's... a draft. It's our personal top five list. So you can take Wally if you want to take Wally. I would like to take Wally, but just to give it a little variety, I'm taking my man C3PO. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, in my opinion, prefer C-3PO. And even though he can get a little annoying, I prefer him to R2-D2. I think that he's awesome. And I think he would be a great friend to have. Because he's, yeah. he's smart, too. Um, he's very smart. So you got a lot going on with C-3PO. And I think that works out perfectly for me. All right. Well, with my number one, we, we all know him. We all love him. The Iron Giant. He, I think, I feel like that's the number one choice. Is as Jagger spoiled all, earlier, that was his number one choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would just be a great friend to have. Seemed like he's likes hanging out and playing games, um, eating scrap metal, which is something I enjoy as well. So um, yeah, Iron Giant is my number one pick. Yeah, that's a perfect pick. That's a great pick. Yeah. Well, I think that concludes our episode for today. Um, you can expect an episode on Friday um, where we will be uh, reviewing, I believe, Persona. Um, yes, we will. And let me. And uh, are we having Jeremiah on for that episode? Yes, we, we are, are, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are having Jeremiah Battle, uh, who is a fellow film talker. Go give him a follow on TikTok. He is going to be on our podcast Friday uh, to talk about the Ingmar Bergman uh, film Persona. Um, so please watch that before um, you listen to our podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. If you want to follow me on my socials, I am... Uh, Trey the film noob on TikTok, um, and then he is Jagger movie reviews on TikTok. His letterbox is Jagger Pot Pie. Mine is Trey RZ. Um, please give us a follow uh, if you want to see what else we're watching because we both watch a lot of movies. Yes, um, but again, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it a lot. Leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. We would love that. And uh, have a good rest of your day.